The great paradox of being in an emotionally committed relationship. In relationships, there's a strong desire for deep connection and attachment, but there's also this drive that remains for autonomy and a refusal to submit to tyranny. How well we balance these two driving forces will determine the happiness in our relationship. Absolutely. Did you know the average couple waits six years to get help in their marriage? Yeah, that's six years of pain, hurt, and frustration. Hi there, I'm Charla Snow. And I'm Robert Snow. And welcome to Master Your Marriage. Where we believe that having an amazing marriage should never feel like hard work and shouldn't be a guessing game. This is the show for married couples who want to discover a scientifically proven approach to building a masterful marriage and have fun while doing it. So if that's you, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. One of the things we talked about in previous episodes was my abandonment issues and how I shared in the past about how I grew up not being able to see my dad very much. And my mom, for her part, was seeking stability for the family and doing the best that she could. She had married three more times after my biological father. And I decided somehow unconsciously through these experiences that it was just just too painful to develop deep relationships with others because, well, they would just eventually leave me. And wanting to avoid pain, I developed a certain set of coping strategies and I struggled with vulnerability and honesty um, because I didn't want to reveal anything or really do anything that would cause Sharla or others in my life to leave me. And actually, as it turns out, it really wasn't the best coping mechanism for the long-term help of, well, any relationship. No. And because of my background, right, I quickly learned to manipulate that in him not consciously. I didn't sit there thinking about it per se and consciously doing it. It was more unconscious. But because of my background, um, I was very familiar with manipulation. And so I learned how to control and manipulate him, which was very easy to do because he was afraid of me leaving. And I did all of this really just in order to feel better about myself and to get what it was that I wanted. I needed him to inflate me, to inflate my sense of self, to make me feel good about who I am, to help me to feel right, to help me feel smart. And, you know, sometimes we would flip-flop. Sometimes the reverse of that was also true in our relationship. Absolutely, yeah. There were times in our early sex life that we've talked about in previous episodes that I had my own hangups around sex that made me um, struggle to talk about it. It made me less honest um, Mm -hmm. about what it was that I needed in our relationship, what I wanted. And that in turn left him feeling bad about himself. It made him feel less desirable, less wanted. And oftentimes his feelings would lead me to kind of placating or going along with things just to kind of get it over with. Yeah, because I had these abandonment issues, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I didn't want to get his feelings hurt. And so sometimes I would just kind of go along and, okay, let's just get it done. And that led to probably pretty boring and not great sex in our early relationship. Yeah. And in both cases, we lack the psychological and emotional maturity to actually have difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. And the ability to confront ourselves and our role in these patterns. We also lack the maturity to be honest with each other. And we definitely lack the ability to regulate our own emotions and our own anxieties. So in short, we were poorly differentiated. And that's the subject for today's episode. We're going to be talking about 
what it means to be differentiated, which comes from David Schnarch's work and his book, which we'll put in the show notes called Intimacy and Desire as one of his books. Yeah, that's a great book. Differentiation is a word that we've briefly talked about in past episodes, but today we're going to really dig into what it is because we believe that differentiation is a crucial relationship skill that every marriage needs to develop. Yeah. And it's one of those skills that's actually really pushed me probably the most in our relationship more than anything else. It's pushed me to grow. It's pushed me to take greater responsibility for myself and what we are co-creating. It's pushed me to be more honest with myself. It's pushed me to recognize my own participation in these patterns that we've just described and 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 others. And my own patterns as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's pushed us both to be more self-confronting. It's helped us to have more difficult conversations and also to blame each other less, you know, just take responsibility. Yeah. Own it just a little bit more. Right. So what is it? What is differentiation? Well, the short answer is it's the ability to balance our attachment with our need for autonomy. It's the ability to know who you are and act from your best self, even when you may be around another person who's triggering you to act from your worst self. Mm. We're going to dig much deeper into this in a moment, but that's pretty much the big picture. Yeah. So as you might remember, (laughs) during the pandemic, a lot of couples were put into new environments with each other. Couples were suddenly living together 24-7. And on top of that, they were now working from home and working on top of each other while their kids were home from school and they're on top of each other. And so, you know, there's just all this togetherness. Yeah. And in all this wonderful togetherness that they had, couples got to see the best of each other. But they also got to see the worst of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And many that caused cu- some struggles, right? It, it did. And many couples were, fa- we found that they were unable to hold on to themselves, hold on to being the best version of themselves when they were put into all this togetherness, into this close proximity with their spouse and with their kids. And as a result, a lot of marriages went down after COVID. Yeah, absolutely. And this is just another example of couples who were poorly differentiated meaning they were unable to hold on to the best version of themselves when they're in the presence of their partner and in the presence of a struggle. Exactly. So this week I had a call with a a prospective client, a new client, and they'd previously gone to couples therapy. And in doing so, they actually gained a lot of great tools to be able to communicate better. Mm -hmm. And And they were, in many ways, they were doing a lot better, but they were still struggling in certain areas because they were still poorly differentiated. For example, one of the things they learned in therapy was how to do a gentle startup, which is so good. It's a great skill. We've even done an episode on it here. We love that skill. We teach that skill. But sometimes we don't get it perfectly right, right? Sometimes when we're doing a, a gentle startup, we may mess up sometimes. We may not get the semantics right, right? We're human. So when he doesn't get the semantics right, she was feeling invalidated. And when she was feeling invalidated, she started to feel attacked. And then she would get upset. And then this would drive her sometimes to become a bit punitive in their relationship. Which happens. And in return, this would just trigger him right into his worst self, it would trigger him so that he was unable to feel like he could be open and honest with her anymore. um, Because what if I don't say the right thing? And that made him more defensive. So these are two examples of why differentiation is so crucial in relationships. So let's dig in deeper to what differentiation means and how 
we can become better differentiated into each of our relationships. Great. So take a look at your hand, okay? Your hand is a single functioning unit. You can use it to wash dishes. You can use it to play the piano. You can use it to type a letter. And even though your hand is a single unit, it's made up of many collaborative parts. For example, you likely have five fingers. Each finger is differentiated. Each finger can do things independently. So if you happen to play a musical instrument, and we'll use piano for this example, you know that each finger must be able to govern itself. Um, that way, each finger can strike different notes at different times, all having different timing and a different rhythm. Having independent, differentiated fingers lends to a far more beautiful sound than simply hitting the keyboard the way it would sound if I did it. In fact, the more differentiated a pianist's fingers are, the more beautiful and rich and more detailed the music can have because each finger is able to function at its highest and best for the whole. Mm. Now, what's that have to do with relationships? Yes. Well, there are two powerful drives in all relationships. One drive is the drive for attachment and togetherness. Need that one. Which that's what causes us to want to be loved and to want to belong. The second drive is the desire for individuality and autonomy. So, I want that one too. Yeah. One drive is attachment. One is autonomy. Right. And these are two different and distinct forces that can pull us in different directions sometimes. And these drives exist in every emotionally committed relationship. In fact, nowhere else do we see these two drives crash into each other than through marriage and emotional committed relationships. And through the dichotomy of these two forces autonomy and this committed togetherness, right? We're pushed to grow up emotionally in our relationship. Exactly. And when someone is poorly differentiated, they are usually struggling with this dichotomy. They're usually more on one side of the pendulum or the other. They live in an either or reality. Either I can be myself or I can be close to my partner, but I struggle to have both. Yeah. And differentiation is the ability to really have both. It's finding a balance between this autonomy on one hand and this attachment on the other hand. So it's not either or. I can be myself and I can be close to my partner. This is because the more differentiated we are, the closer these two forces become and it's easier to have both of them in the relationship. Hmm. But how do we do that? Oh, how so do we become better? differentiated? Well, at the core of being well differentiated is the ability to be able to stay connected to your thoughts, values, and feelings. We can also be close to someone else, especially when that person is important to you. Right. And the opposite is also true. It's your partner's ability to be true to their thoughts, their values, and their feelings while being close to you, which means we both have to develop the ability to be close to someone who's very different from us at times without being reactive. And that is so hard to do. Right. Um, and that's and that takes emotional and psychological maturity, which honestly, most couples in most relationships struggle with. Yeah, they're kind of lacking. Yeah, they kind of are. Yeah. yeah. And that has really a lot to do with our childhood experiences. Oh, we yeah. learn we learn about differentiation, even though we didn't know we were learning about it. We learned about it from our parents and our initial primary family. And then we go out into the world and we get into these adult relationships and we recreate the same level of differentiation. Or less. 
or maybe even less than our primary family, because why? That, that's all we know. That's yeah, all we know. all we know. And, and that's how we learn. That's our first relationship is, is we bring into what we learned in our family. As we look at how to become well differentiated in a relationship, we find that there are several key, maybe factors and attributes. And number one, and this is the big one, we have to have a strong sense of self. Mm-hmm. We talked about this in, in our episode on sexual desire. Mm-hmm. Um, see, when we're young, our, our sense of self is very entangled with other people's minds. We're born with our own version of a reflected sense of self. Which means children can't have a strong sense of self except to be able to look to others to figure out who they are. See, we all start out with this reflected sense of self. We look to others to tell us who we are. If mom says I'm smart, I must be smart. You're so beautiful. Right? If dad says I'm beautiful, I know I must be beautiful. There's this dependency on others to know who I am. And we all sort of start life this way. It's actually normal. It's actually necessary because we're still developing. But if we're going to grow into full emotional and psychological maturity, we have to become progressively less dependent on other people's reflection to know who we are. Mm, Yeah, so important. But the reality is that most adults don't move out of that dependency. No. Instead, they hope to marry someone who will reflect back to them all the validation and all the approval that they hoped their parents would have given them. Yeah, it's kind of weird that way, right? Yeah, most of us go searching for what we needed. What we needed, yeah. Mm -hmm. So most of us marry and subconsciously hope that we're locked into this validation system. Someone to give us all of the validation that we ever wanted to continue propping us up. Oh, you're so beautiful. You're so awesome. Mm -hmm. To make us feel worthy, smart, and good about ourselves, giving us this positive, reflected sense of self. Mm. But it's not real. It's a borrowed sense of self. That's a good term. And that that makes it fleeting and it makes it fragile. And actually that term, borrowed functioning, comes from David Schnarch. When we don't have a solid sense of who we are, we need our partner to prop us up and we borrow from them and we use them to manage our own anxieties for us. In essence, our partner needs to inflate us or inflate like we're a balloon, inflate our balloon. But the problem is that it's only temporary. It can't last. It's a pseudo sense of self because our partner can't always be there to prop us up. I like that. So in a truly honest marriage, our partner can't possibly validate us 100% of the time. That is a reality. There is a level of normal invalidation in all relationships as well. And that is a byproduct of just living truthfully and honestly. Exactly. David Schnarch said, Quote, when we expect our partner to shield and protect us from anxiety and insecurity, we are placing undue demand on the marital system. Likewise, the same is also true for expecting them to provide all the empathy and validation that we need. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's, I just, it's interesting when you think about that borrowed sense of self, right? It's that borrowed sense of ego, maybe. Oh, yeah. 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 And the- borrowing, and it's also borrowing from their ability to function completely, which is a little unfair. Yeah, absolutely. So think of it. In our relationship, mine and Charlotte's, um, we both want gentle parenting, but we don't always agree on on what that means, do we? Mm -mm. No, we don't always agree on what that means. Nope. 
Right. I'm not always going to validate Robert and tell him I think he's right or that he's awesome or that I love all of his parenting ideas. And likewise, he's not going to necessarily always validate me and tell me that I'm right and that he loves all of my parenting ideas. We can definitely, and we do, we seek to understand each other's perspective and each other's position before we come to compromises on things. Um, And we can certainly be kind and we can be respectful. Yeah, but it's unlikely that we're going to validate each other when we have something big that we differ about. Mm -hmm. And this is just the experience of being human. And if you're in an honest, loving marriage, you're going to have different ideas and choices that each of you might want. You want to have the kind of relationship where both parties can be honest and express themselves. Yeah, which was tough for us early on in different contexts. That was really tough. And it, and that means that, you know, in order to do that, we're going to have to have these difficult conversations. And in those difficult conversations, you're probably not always going to feel good or get that validation back, that borrowed validation that you're wanting. And then what? What are you going to do? Are you going to collapse because you can't stand on your own two feet without your partner propping you up? Or you could just avoid having difficult conversations altogether. Mm, that's not going to work. No, that's not going to work. And if you avoid having difficult conversations, how long can that go on? Where one person is placating the other or maybe manipulating and controlling the other because they're unable to have difficult conversations. So that's the point, right? We have to develop a solid sense of self. Otherwise, when our partner isn't able to inflate us all the time, we don't end up resorting to the worst in us. So then having a solid sense of self cannot hinge on getting validation from your partner 24-7. Right, right. Instead, we have to build a solid self by self-confronting and soul-searching and taking responsibility for whatever our part is in the pattern, in the co-creation that we're, we're creating together in our relationship. And this might mean that we have to ask ourselves difficult questions about our our own motivations, our own behaviors, instead of just constantly looking at how we can blame our partner or even just justify our actions. Becoming differentiated means having a greater self-clarity about our own values and then acting in accordance with those values. It means dampening our current animal urges to react from a lower version of ourselves. It doesn't involve deliberately inflicting pain on the other person just because we are hurting. So we can't hurt them because we're hurting. And we do that a lot, don't we? We do. Hurt people, hurt people. It also involves soothing our own anxieties and not expecting someone else to do that for us. Similarly, it's also managing, like Robert said, our own reactivity, neither overreacting by getting defensive or blaming, but also not underreacting, like emotionally disengaging or stonewalling. Absolutely. Right. So happiness in marriage is highly correlated with how well differentiated you and your partner are from each other. And interestingly, it's also correlated with way better sex, higher desire for sexual intimacy, higher desire for sex, and the ability to manage conflict better. So it's just really associated with a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of times when we talk about differentiation, some people say, what's the point in being in a relationship then if we can't be there for each other? But that's not what we're saying. Well-differentiated couples are there for each other. In fact, there's actually quite a few misconceptions about differentiation. So I want to talk a little bit about what it's not. Okay. Differentiation is not that you don't need anyone. Mm -hmm. It's not, I don't care what you think. I'm just going to be doing my own thing over here. You do you and I do me, right? That's kind of like the other side of 
that's like too much into autonomy yeah, on that yeah. on that pendulum. That's roommates. Uh-huh. It's not being cold. It's not being callous. It's not being rebellious. It's not defiance. No. In fact, the opposite is true. The paradox is that the more you are at ease with who you are in being comfortable in your own skin, the less you need to control your partner. People who can't control themselves usually control their partner because they need their partner to act and be in a certain way so that they can then feel okay about themselves. Mm. That's a really key point and a good reason for differentiation because yeah. those who can't control themselves control Some others. Other people, yeah. yeah. And couples who know this and who are differentiated, they don't need to control. People who know themselves and are clear and okay with who they are, they don't need to do that. They also don't need to placate. They don't need to play games. They don't need to manipulate because they're solid in who they are. They're able to recruit the highest, most honest version of themselves for the good of the relationship. And as a result, this makes us more at ease with being close to each other, which in turn helps helps us to become more intimate. It actually makes us more likely to support one another's dreams and goals, especially when those dreams and goals might be different from our own Mm. because we're better able to act in the best interest of each other rather than just acting in our own self-interest. Yes. And as we said in the beginning, Robert and I began our relationship, as most people do, very enmeshed. Robert's abandonment issues would be easily triggered, causing him to placate his autonomy and not to be able to speak up for himself. He could... um, He struggled with being really fully who he was without fear of losing me. Absolutely. And in turn, I manipulated that. I would control and manipulate to keep my sense of self inflated. So one wrong move between us would usually upset the other's emotional balance. So we struggled. We struggled with being at ease with who we were and letting the other person um, see us and know us, um, and just being at ease with one another. It was for us, it was either, either every fight would end up with either submitting, dominating or withdrawing until we realized there was another way, another way yeah, to differentiate, right. Which really meant for us beginning the journey of progressively becoming more emotionally mature, stronger in our own sense of self, better able to own our part of the problem, but are able to self-soothe and to take responsibility for our own reaction and our own crap. Mm-hmm. And ultimately learning to recruit our highest, best version of ourselves so that we could give it to each other. Yeah. And, you know, and it's a journey. It's not that we're always perfect. There's still times that we have to stop ourselves and and go, okay, that wasn't yeah. me. Yeah. I yeah, need was, to do that better. Was a little rugged, sorry. But yeah. it's a progressive journey. So if your relationship is having problems, good. That's great. That means your relationship is actually doing what it's supposed to do. It's revealing something and it's pushing you to grow because we can't change what we cannot see. Oh, yeah. Isn't that the truth? And for that reason, our partner has this amazing way of revealing these immature and underdeveloped parts of ourselves so that we can differentiate and emotionally mature. Yeah. So when we hear people say like, I want to fight for my marriage, the real question is, are you willing to grow up for it? Are you willing to go through the refiner's fire for your relationship in order to grow you up? Because that's really the greater person in relationships to grow us as individuals and to help us grow up. Yeah, that's differentiation. That's what it is. It's growing us up. And then when you have those moments, like I said a minute ago, where you mess up and you're like, wait, 
that's, wait, wait, that's not who I said I want to be. That's not the person that I want to be. The person I want to be doesn't say that. The person I want to be doesn't act that way. Then stop and correct and move Adjust. forward yeah. from there. This is when the magic happens. Huh. That's when more and more we get to rewire our brain into becoming a higher, better version of ourselves. Mm. Yeah. I think that's it for this episode. Mm. I do too. So thank you so much for joining us today. If this episode resonated with you, would you do us a favor and please just go around right now and drop us a five-star review and maybe even share a comment of something that you found valuable in this episode. And as always, be kind to each other, take care of each other, put each other first. Mm -hmm. It's the small and simple things every day that create strong relationships. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Master Your Marriage. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, then we want to hear from you. Just go to MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com and send us your question. Oh, and while you're there, you can also check out our retreats and events and even apply for coaching. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get advanced notice of when the next episode drops, plus show notes and many extras. Thanks again for tuning in.